All right, welcome to Puck It, We'll Do It, Quarantined. It is Thursday, March 19th. Zach Pierce here, managing editor of The Athletic Minnesota, joined once again by Dan Hayes, who uh, I haven't seen in a while and I believe is uh, officially under order to shelter in place at home in Chicago. Is that correct, Dan? Yeah, my, uh, my town, um, as of Friday... We have to be shelter in place, so who knows? I'm sure everybody else will be there pretty soon, although I'm sure it will depend on area. Uh, what a weird time, huh? And by the way, I'm, I've am i been self-quarantined just because of the, the cold I've had for like a week anyways. So <laughs> don't want to freak and, people out. And my family is uh, a germaphobe and paranoid, so we've also been self-quarantined for a while, but... But yes, uh, obviously the big story in sports and all the world continues to be the COVID-19 virus and uh, and the ongoing restrictions all over the country. Uh, stay safe, be healthy. Please, everybody, uh, listen to your local authorities and public health officials. Um, social distancing is a good thing. Enjoy it. It can be kind of fun. Uh, I've learned that you know having an excuse to stay away from neighbors is not the worst thing in the world sometimes. But... Uh, but here we are, no baseball to talk about for a good long while. Actually, I think since the last time we had a podcast last week, uh, baseball has announced that they're going to extend their delay. They were optimistically hoping to only delay opening day by two weeks, and they've now uh, announced that they're going to abide by the – I am probably going to butcher the details here, but I think it was the CDC that recommended no gatherings over 50 people for the next eight weeks. Yeah, and, that sounds about uh, so right. So that's, that's, is that where we're at, Dan? Yeah, it is, and so opening day will be delayed minimum till May 9th, and it's going to be longer than that. You have to think that yeah. it's uh, teams are going to have to get back together and train in Florida a little bit. I do think because they were in camp, a lot of teams um, probably will try to keep their players um, going on the paths that they were on. I could see uh, Jake Odorizzi... Uh, for example, finding some uh, some area to get off a mound and, and build up and do ups and downs. Um, it really just depends on when we're talking about getting back for and and whether or not uh, that's like you know June, July, that kind of thing. So, but I, I just can't see at this point with the way things have uh, slowed down. Um, unless it was like next week, oh, we're going back, but we know it's not going to be next week. So at this point, I imagine it would take some the teams getting together, whether it's you know in Minneapolis or it's in Fort Myers and practicing for three weeks just to get ready for the season or whatever they're gonna however they're gonna do it. Um, it's gonna be very interesting. Um, I'm sure teams are gonna wonder how they're supposed to all do it just because there's no coordinated workouts now. Um, it's just an interesting time, but I mean, obviously. This is all sort of trivial compared to what is really going on in the world. I mean, this is our distraction, and this is, you know, obviously being done for the exact right reasons. I mean, I remember I was in, in Las Vegas last week when everything was coming down. And, you know, I was probably one of the first people that had two things on my social calendar ripped away. I was supposed to go on the Man, Twins off tough. day to a Pearl Jam concert in Denver, <laughs> and I was supposed to... Uh, Go to the Warriors game at the Chase Center um, the night before opening day, 
um, because tickets were so cheap because the Warriors are so crappy. And both those things got knocked out. And I was like, oh, woe is me. But, I mean, come on. It's all for the right reasons. And I even thought it at the time. I was knowing this was kind of getting serious and taking off. So it's weird. It's trivial. Uh, it's trivial stuff when it's compared to the big picture and what we're trying to accomplish by all this uh, sheltering in place and that kind of stuff. But that said, we are here to uh, to provide a distraction and cover the Twins, and the Twins still exist, and uh, God willing, we'll play again someday. So uh, we'll try to keep it as focused on that as possible, but obviously um, hoping everybody's doing well and and, uh, and being smart out there. And actually, Dan, um, you know, you mentioned May 9th is sort of the earliest possible day, and I, I agree. I think it feels more like an all-star break uh, timeline situation that might be the earliest possible realistic date at this point. Not that I know what I'm talking about from a medical or uh, <laughs> logistical perspective, but um, in talking to Aaron last week and last week's show, we sort of realized on the fly during the show that this is, again, trivial in the grand scheme of things, but a, a very kind of harsh deal for the twins who really went all in <laughs> this year uh, and, and hoping that they were going to get a lot of value out of uh, Josh Donaldson in particular from this season. Obviously, they're still hoping there will be a season in some format, but certainly the fact that it will be a disrupted, disjointed, not normal year might potentially throw a wrench in things and be kind of a tough deal for a team that uh, pinned a lot of hopes on 2020. Yeah, this was a big year for them, and, and they really did. I mean, they're Looking at a franchise record payroll, Donaldson gained four years and $92 million, said everything you needed to about this season. And then on top of that, acquiring Kenta Maeda in that trade right before spring training really showed you where their mindset was about going for things, especially given that they surrendered a, a top pitching prospect and bruised our Gratterall in that trade. Um, so obviously this is currently on hold for them, but you, you know they still, you know, there's a mindset, and it was there in all spring, you know, up until when I departed right after the uh, Dominican Republic trip. Um, it was pretty clear that the Twins mean business. I mean, you could just tell it, and it's funny. I think, uh, you know, this has got published on, on uh, Thursday. We're taping Wednesday night, um, and on Thursday I was supposed to have a story, and I think, you know, league-wide our athletic writers were going to have a story as our opening day previews and the whole plan for what I was going to write was about, and, and, you know, we'll see how it, how it goes when we get back together was just how seriously guys were taking this as far as everything being business and, and not just thinking playoffs, but thinking about doing damage in the playoffs and whether it was, you know, Donaldson's attitude in the clubhouse, whether it was asking, Miguel Sano about um, the Bomba squad and are they the Bomba squad? And he said, hey, that's not the focus this year. This year it's the World Series. Um, asking Eddie Rosario about playing through injuries and, and how guys learned from that last year. Those were the kinds of anecdotes that we were looking at. And, and Rich Hill talking about putting aside their differences that maybe he and Marwin Gonzalez and Kenta Maeda might have had um, over the uh, Houston Astros banging scandal. And thinking about the 2020 twins versus the 2017 world series. And so, you know, you had all these things that were pointing the twins in the right direction of thinking about the big picture and, and not just settling for, 
a show up and get a home game in the playoffs, but win a home game in the playoffs and win a series and move on. And um, that's where they've, you know, when you have that kind of off season, I think that's where you put the team's mentality. And and so it, it's clear they're still there. It's just you wonder what a lengthy layoff like this will do to that kind of um, attitude. What it'll take to kind of get back on board whenever they do decide to get back together. Um, it's going to be a everybody's in this position we're all trying to wrap our heads around something we've never really dealt with before and so it's such a strange time in that way and and players are going through that too and uh you had a story today or wednesday i should say dan on on the site that um dealt with the end of spring training at fort myers and uh kind of a crazy 48 hour stretch from deciding on saturday last week to uh, officially shutter it and send players home. And then the process that it, that went, that ensued from there to actually logistically make that possible to just shut down a camp that was supposed to be going on for another month yet. Um, pretty interesting story. Uh, what was your favorite part? As yeah. The writer? How do you, <laughs> how do you, how do you get uh, 300 people out of, out of town on the fly? Right. That, that's a, just a really interesting organized in, in organized fashion that was an interesting topic to me i mean you know for a couple of days there it felt like the twins were doing conference calls every other day and talking about you know breaking out of camp and giving players the chance to figure out what they wanted to do honestly the the thing i think i really liked the most about the story was hearing about how quickly they packed up the clubhouse um to give you kind of a timeline on how this all happened, I mean, think about this. It's it's uh, now Thursday, the 19th. On Wednesday, the 11th, the Twins named Jose Barrios their opening day starter, even though we all know things were really going awry at that point. I mean, it was pretty clear that things were not going well, you know, eight, nine days ago. But they, they named the opening day starter. The next day, the game is canceled against the Orioles. Um, they kind of meet with the players let them know, hey, you're going to take Friday off. Don't come to the club. Don't come to the uh, facility unless you need treatment, that kind of stuff. But basically, you have Friday off from work. And uh, Thursday night, Rocco Baldelli, Derek Falvey, and the Twins had a COVID-19 task force. It was like 10 people deep, basically. Um, they were, Dave St. Peter was talking. What's that? I love that part. They had a task force. Yeah. You always got to have yeah. a task force. Yeah. Well, they were, I mean, they've been kind of on top of this from the start. They were the, one of the first teams to institute the uh, no autographs. I think that was March 5th. And they're, you know, that was as of their first official meeting. They had not assembled as a group at that point or held their first meeting. But their first action was to kind of slow down the autographs. And So anyways, that, that task force kind of talked and, you know, I talked to Derek Falvey a few times in between, and, and it was pretty clear where his head, his head was, was that, look, what you think is crazy today in two weeks is not going to seem crazy the way things are headed. And that was pretty clear just from the headlines from even the end of February about this um, to the point where they were you know, a week ago. And, and so he was of the mindset, look, there's a bunch of people here with families that want to take care of their families. They're not able to really do that if they're here in Florida. And, um, you know, one of the, the points the Twins tried to make was a lot of guys were thinking, well, you know, if we have food here and we have the medical team here, 
you know, maybe this is a good place to ride it out. And the point that was sort of brought up is, you know, a lot of the team doctors are not tied in. And it was hard to kind of put this in the in in uh, a compact amount of space in the story, so I kind of glossed over it. But the team doctors are not full-time employees of the twins. There are a few that are, but they have a huge medical staff, like 11, 12 doctors deep. And the point was, we don't know what kind of travel restrictions there are going to be for medical personnel coming up in the future. We don't know if those people will be sheltered in place themselves in, in Minnesota. I have a friend who um, works at a healthcare facility in Seattle, and we were doing our guys' trip last week to Vegas. He actually found out right before he left that if he did leave and go on a plane, he would have been quarantined for 14 days when he got back. That possibility exists for some of these doctors um, potentially in the future, whenever. And I think the Twins kind of emphasize to players, this isn't going to be the case maybe in two weeks. Maybe there won't be doctors here for you. So right. you should go where you want to to be comfortable. And a lot of guys quickly flipped their minds, uh, their mindsets and decided to go home. Guys got in cars and drove. Um, you know, they packed up their stuff and they left. And And so... Then you have the twins basically trying to get out of Dodge in a quick time span. And, you know, the official word came at their Saturday morning meeting. Derek Falvey and Rocco Baldelli talked. And Dustin Morris said they were swift and decisive. And I think that uh, really gave the players a sense. You know, you still see other teams like the Yankees. A lot of their guys are in Florida. Um, I know Aaron Boone isn't there, but a lot of guys are still there. And, you know, the, the twins didn't want people lingering. So they put it together. And by Sunday, most of the guys were gone. Um, and originally, they were supposed to fly on their charter back to Minneapolis on Tuesday. That got pushed up to Monday. The team kind of asked for it. They got it. And uh, four players are back there. But there were 72 people on that charter flight. And So for all intents and purposes, they are shut down in Florida. I mean, they have roughly 20 players who had hardships on the minor league side that are sticking around the complex. They have a dorm there. And so those guys are sticking around there, but it is uh, very, you know, like everywhere. It's sort of like a ghost town at that complex right now. And I, the There's a skeleton crew. I mean, there's a lot of guys that live in Fort Myers as part of the year-round uh, facility there. And I'm sure those people are still around occasionally, but, you know, it does not sound like there's a whole lot of activity. And, and the Twins just wanted to make sure that guys were comfortable because they don't know when this is going to resume. I think one of the most interesting parts of that article for me was you mentioned how the task force on March 5th suggested limiting autographs to reduce potential hand-to-hand -hand transmissions of the virus. Two days later, every member of the traveling party for the March 7 trip to the Dominican Republic received a bottle of hand sanitizer as the group's suggestion, or at the group's suggestion. Two weeks ago, that was our plan as a society. I'm not knocking the twins. It's just crazy how fast this has moved in two weeks from, hey, maybe don't uh, give autographs and here's a bottle of hand sanitizer to uh, a very serious pandemic sweeping the country. It's just insane how fast this has all changed right. from everything seeming normal to, to now. And, uh, and the response to this last week from the twins has been pretty swift and pretty impressive to your point. Yeah, and I mean, I think we're all trying to wrap our heads around that, how we got here, because, I mean, Sunday, I know you guys have been uh, work from home this week, and uh, no no babysitter, and I'm sure that has been a 
completely different world. Uh, I've worn the same clothes for at least two days now, if that's not too much information. <laughs> I am planning to re resolve that issue tonight. But uh, yeah, I'm sure producer Adam can attest to, uh, to how one day can feel like three when you're trying to work and also uh, take care of a toddler. But um, yeah, everyone's going through it, man. We got to... We got to pull through, and I think uh, our, all of our grandparents are looking at us going, you think this is tough? You should have seen, you know, 1944 or whatever. I'm not good with history. I don't know what year. Is that right? World yeah. War II? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, um, and, it's, and, and we're doing it to save our grandparents and our parents. That's exactly. That's the crazy part, and uh, we're not going to get into rants, um, but uh, there are certainly a few out there. That to be had, all you have to do is watch social media and see people not practicing some of these. It's so easy. Just don't get, you know, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I haven't gotten out of my house. I've gone for a couple walks. Um, I've gone to the grocery store. Like, you know, it's weird getting back in the middle of this and not having a thing of food in your refrigerator um, and having to go to empty shelves and find stuff to stock up on just like just to get you know, lunches and breakfasts taken care of and, and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, that was, that was fun. I mean, I, I think I went to the grocery store like four times and every time <laughs> there's a little bit of stress just because you're like, you got to make sure that you don't get it. So you don't, I don't, you know, I'm not so worried about me getting it as far as what it will do to me, but I don't want to pass it on to somebody. And, um, that's, that's the part where I, feel nervous about is i just want to make sure i'm being safe for everybody else so it's a it's a weird time i'm usually pretty good about washing my hands anyways but man my efforts have doubled and tripled to the point where I had to use some uh some lotion to get rid of like Ooh. drying on the back of my hand it's insane so all right this is pg rated show be careful um <laughs> we are here's where we're at we get packages delivered to our doorstep and we kind of look at each other and go what, what, what are we going to do with that no do we take it in the garage and let it like you know decontaminate itself for a few days because this stuff lives on surfaces for days at a time if you didn't know that uh not to make you even more paranoid than you might already be but so we're out there in the garage with a you know a clorox wipe and a gloves on and like okay yep. this isn't per this isn't perishable let's just let it sit here in the garage for three days but uh, the other highlight is uh, tonight I get to help Danielle take stitches out of her leg because she doesn't want to go to the doctor, um, <laughs> make any unnecessary contact, which is great. I, I support that decision because this is going to, you know, it's good to add new life skills, Dan, to your repertoire because. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that suggestion on uh, social media. I've actually been trying to limit how much social media I, I pay attention to just because I don't want to get overwhelmed with some of this stuff. It's so daunting when you read some of the reports and um I, as you can probably hear i have a little bit of a cold and i've had one for like eight days including while i was in vegas and i knew it was just a cold from going from the dominican republic and by the way we should talk about that before this is done the dominican republic trip which was amazing um but going from the dominican republic to fort myers to las vegas um all in the span of 24 hours on four hours of sleep going from like the most tropical um, setting to scratchy desert, dry desert did not do well for my immune system. And so like I'm in Vegas and I'm like 
oh my God, I'm in Vegas and I'm getting a cough and a cold and I'm sure that people are going to freak out for those who are worried about that stuff. And so I like self-quarantine. I didn't have a fever or anything, but I self-quarantined for two days. Um, I was supposed to be on a... That's not enough. It's supposed to be 14 days. Well, I was on a guy's trip with uh, with friends for the last three days of yeah. it, and I actually cut that yeah. short. And and no, no, you'll hey, I was I was good. I one, I didn't have a fever, and I didn't touch anything. Like I didn't gamble. I just stood about five feet back of my friends and uh, talked to them while they gambled. Which, by the way, is an interesting way not to lose money while you're in Vegas. I highly recommend it. Um, but, um, yeah, that was stressful. Like I'm sitting there going every time if I, like I didn't sneeze, I, I was good on that. But if I had to, to cough, I was coughing into an elbow and man, and it's all so strange. And I knew I was fine. Like it's just a cough and a cold. Um, like I haven't had any of these symptoms that people have been talking about what they've been dealing with who have had it. Um, and you know, so I've, I've definitely taken care of myself, but what a weird time just to have a normal cough and cold, um, people looking at you, that kind of stuff. It's not, it's not the easiest feeling in the world. I'm like, no, I swear I'm just, it's just allergies. Well, thank you for your service. It was good for you to cough into your elbow and, uh, self quarantine, (laughs) even though it was not for an adequate amount of time, but that's all right. Um, we, hey, by the way, we've had some weird podcasts, but this has to be. It is. is it? Yeah, we're definitely going to find out if my wife listens to this show because I just talked about her having to take stitches out of her leg, which is going to be <laughs> probably not go over well. I don't know. Um, but we have two more twins topics we should cover and kind yeah. of bring this back on the rails. We'll get to yours last because it's the kind of, you know, probably more upbeat one. Nice note to end on, but. Uh, one thing that did come out of this, uh, there was a lot of pressure in uh, in the days after the announcement of, of canceled games all across sports, really, about um, about what was going to happen to all of the uh, workers at various stadiums, many of them part-time, many of them who don't get paid if there's no games. Um, and kind of, I think, I think all on the same day, the, the uh, NBA, NHL, and uh, – well, I guess Major League Baseball announced a blanket announcement that they were going to have all of their teams be helping out their workers, but uh, also the Timberwolves and Wild here in town uh, yesterday announced some plans to help out uh, arena workers, which was pretty cool. The Twins are donating least, uh, at least a million dollars, it says, to help uh, with the workers as uh, games inevitably will be canceled and lost to this uh, virus. There's still a lot of other uh, people affected by this. Um, you know, Dan, I know... You and I both have some colleagues who, who cover teams on a freelance basis in town who, yep. if there are no games to write about, uh, don't have work. Uh, there's TV crews that are, that, are, that are put out of work by this too right now, and it's, it's a very tough time for a lot of people around the team. And that's something that gets lost a lot, so it was cool to see the Twins at least step up to some degree to help, to help some of those people. Yeah, and, and hey, let's not forget about people in our own lives like service industry people. I mean, it's everywhere, and that, that part's scary, and it is really cool of baseball. Unilaterally, I think all 30 teams donated a million dollars to their, their part-time employees, and that is a great way. And I mean, it's why I, uh, on Wednesday night, ordered some local food and uh, picked it up and I'm trying to support my restaurants so that they're still there in a couple weeks because there's a lot of people that are going to be 
kind of hurting on this, and, and so baseball did do a really good job of reaching out, and obviously you mentioned the T-Wolves and the uh, the Wilds doing that too, and I, it's it's all kind of the uh, the sense of community that is a good, maybe one of the good parts about this that comes out of these kind of moments is that when we can all help each other out in some form or another, and I mean, it's funny because, Zach, I know this is weird, but I mean, I know, you know, there will be some people that will tune into this podcast just for a sense of normalcy, and that's all we can try to do right now, right, is is help each other out because it's, it's a weird time. And I've talked about when I've wanted to talk to friends this week through text or whatever, some of our conversations are just strange and stuff we never really talked about before. But it's all just trying to process this and make sense of it. And, and so I'm really glad that the teams, I mean, there's a lot of people like you mentioned, freelancers and TV crews that are affected by this. And, and it's uh, good to keep them. I mean, think about the minor leaguers. And I know one of our writers has been kind of trying to help minor leaguers find jobs during this time and, and raise money. And I mean, whatever anybody can do to help is, is awesome because it is a strange period to, to kind of deal with right now. All right. Go ahead, Dan. How great was the Dominican Republic trip? It was just cool. And you know what? We were kind of... Uh, it was so fast. It wasn't even a good barometer of how to measure a city. You know, Puerto Rico a couple of years ago was three days, and and we really got a sense for the island. Um, just you know, we got to go on that trip to Eddie Rosario's hometown, and we drove all the way across the island. It was like a two and a half hour drive to get to his his home, which was a beach community on the other side from San Juan, where we were staying. And then we got two games at the uh, stadium and two games of crowd, and they were night games. And this was harder to tell, uh, but there certainly is an amazing atmosphere for Dominican baseball that we kind of just got to touch the surface on. Um, I mean, we were there for 25 hours, um, but it's a, a really beautiful town. Um, and, and, you know, Santo Domingo is, and that's where the Twins and the Tigers played, and um, the, imagine it being about 95 with the humidity and, and really no clouds in the sky. So quite possibly the worst potential, um, way to do a game, like a one o'clock start time or a 1230 start time in the beating sun. And the crowd was still very loud, um, was really into it. And what was really cool was seeing not only the pride that Miguel Sano's and, uh, Yimer Candelario's and Nelson Cruz and so many guys. Yoan Duran, you know, uh, Candelario's for the Tigers. But there were like 18 people between the two teams that are from the Dominican Republic. And it was such a great point of pride for all of them uh, to be back there. The first game in the DR since 2000. Um, and that was a spring train game way back then too. But it's sort of this idea that maybe they can get a game played there or a series played there next year, something along that line, and baseball would be better off for it. It was it was a really electric atmosphere. It was a lot of fun to witness, even though we were kind of stuck up in the press box and there are no open windows. And it took a lot to get around because uh, the security was tight at the game, but what a great atmosphere. And Nelson Cruz and Miguel Sano put on a show. Um, that was a lot of fun. And, you know, that was 12, 12 days ago. 
man, that seems like three years ago, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was amazing. Snow homered, Cruz almost homered to center field, which is apparently almost nearly impossible to do at that ballpark. Um, and and it was a, a lot of fun to to take it in and see those guys host and put on a, a great show for the fans. Well, uh, you also had a great story, Dan, about the whole experience from kind of through the eyes of Miguel Sano and Nelson Cruz, who were returning home. That published last week. So if you haven't uh, read that, check that out as well. But uh, glad you got to do that. Sounds like fun. It was probably cold here during those days. I don't I don't remember, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, now we're all in the same boat, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we are. And uh, man, it would be great if there's a distraction like sports, and hopefully we get there soon. But uh, for now, let's uh, let's try and keep each all other sane. For sure. And for those wondering um, how the heck we continue to operate in a uncertain sports time with no future, uh, good question. We are um, we're going to soldier forward. We have a lot of uh, ideas. I don't know if they're good or not. We're going to find out, but we're going to try to uh, keep you entertained over the next couple of months. Hopefully, that's the extent of it, but we'll see. Uh, Aaron Gleeman has a, has a new series launching tomorrow where he's going to look at the best uh, individual seasons by position uh, for Twins history. So we'll start with the catchers, which, as you can bet, is uh, pretty heavily influenced by one uh, individual of note from Twins past uh and dan has a lot of cool ideas coming up too we have some kind of company-wide evergreen projects uh in the works uh we're gonna have a local minnesota sports hall of fame coming up next week uh basically just trying to keep you entertained as best we can we'll obviously cover whatever news transpires in the meantime but we are expecting a couple of uh, quiet months on that front Dan, hopefully the uh, the players at least will be up for uh, having some maybe off the wall or weird conversations with you. In the meantime, we'll see. That won't be any different than the conversations we normally have. So, like, I feel like I'm coming in prepared for this already. Like, hey, this might be a weird question. Uh, Dan, you always ask weird questions, so it won't be that. Uh, <laughs> that won't be that strange for me to ask strange questions. So. Yeah, and, and in, in a weird way, this could be a, a really fun time around here. We uh, obviously hope to get back to sports sooner rather than later, but uh, it definitely gives us a little more creative license in the meantime. So uh, yeah. thank you for sticking with us for all of our readers and subscribers. We really appreciate it. Uh, we know these are tough times for everybody unless you're in the you know toilet paper or, or hand sanitizer industry. <laughs> um, it's, it's not good, and we'll get through it together, and we appreciate everybody sticking with us. So... Thanks for listening as always, and we will catch you again next week with something. I'm not quite sure what, because there won't be much <laughs> baseball news that we anticipate, but we will see you then. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you next time.